0: Good morning, everybody. My name's Larry Jacobs. Happy Monday to each and every one of you on this 28th of August, already the last... Monday in August until we get to Labor Day next weekend, and everybody's back to school. So I wish everybody, I know a lot of people are back now, and I wish everybody a happy, good, productive school year. We have a great guest for you today here on Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Reed Sarris is with us. I'll bring him on in just a minute. He's the founder of Equal Opportunity Schools. He's out in Washington State, all the way across the country from me here in Maine. He's the author of the book, the kid across the hall, which I think you'll want to read, I have it uh, linked up here if you want to check it out while you're listening. Okay, he's uh, he he's done all that. He's an educator, he's an author, and he's currently running for superintendent of public instruction in Washington State. One minute to go before I bring you on. Read uh, uh, everybody. Everything we do with uh, equity from our American Consortium for Equity in Education is over at ACE ace e d. o r g, our Equity Awards Program, our Excellence in Equity Awards Program. Congratulate yourself, your colleagues, the companies you work with, industries invited educators it's all free over there please check it all out we have all of our podcasts like this one will be archived at ace-ed.org and our journal equity and access is over there as well our online journal so please check it all out over at ace-ed.org and again I'll say everything is free and by the way if you ever want to get in touch with me it's Larry at ace-ed.org and with that enough uh, loving me blabbing good morning Reed how are you today
1: Good morning, Larry. Thanks for having me. Doing well.
0: Well, It's a pleasure to have you here. And again, it's seven in the morning out there, so I appreciate you being here today. Thank you, my friend. Thank
1: you
0: very much. i Glad to do it. Yeah, we're all the way across the country from you, literally at the other end of the country in Maine. Okay, so uh, I hope you have a good day like we're going to have here today. Reed, I, I don't know where to start because I know you're running for superintendent of public instruction. I know you're very, very concerned about equity, and I know particularly racial equity. We're going to talk about why moving more kids of color into AP, advanced placement classes, are is a is really, really important aspect of racial equity. Okay, Uh, I want to talk about, well, whatever you want to talk about, my friend. You want to start off by talking about equal opportunity schools? We have about a half hour on today's show. Where do you want to start?
1: Sure, yeah, happy to dive in. I I can just give you a sense of what motivated me in this work. I uh, grew up with a a best friend um, and experienced this firsthand when my mom, who was a career school counselor, uh, worked me through the system and pointed me in the right direction and said, here's a great set of classes to get ready for college. Um, and Jamie uh, was coming up and uh, hadn't had those same experiences in his family Oh well, with education. Um, and is, 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 so
0: Jimmy, he, is Jamie is Jimmy African-American or what?
1: He's, he's, he's first-generation, low-income, um, and uh, some different uh, learning uh, cognitive di- uh, differences as well in terms of how Thank he you. learns. Thank you. I just yeah. wanted to clear uh, that
0: up as you were telling the story. I didn't know where you were going with it. Sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he basically was across the hall from me throughout our high school education that we spent our whole childhood together. He was uh, just as capable of doing incredible work in the school, uh, but yes. school didn't see him that way. And so uh, he spent, in his words, a couple of decades now trying to make up for what was lost at wow. that wow. juncture in, in our lives. And it became my passion and professional obsession to make sure everyone gets matched with the great learning opportunities in their school.
0: There you go, my friend. I think that is great. And you must have. Did, why'd you call your book "The Kid Across the Hall: The Fight for Opportunity in Our Schools"? What, what's the kid across yeah. the hall? Who was that? Yeah, is that so
1: Jamie? Jamie. Jamie was the kid across the hall. Um, <laughs> I also had a foster sister, Erin, uh, um, who came to live with us at the age of six. We were her tenth home, um, and I saw wow. similar things playing out with her. Wow. Um, she was across the hallway in our house. Um, oh yeah.
0: That's cool. Reed, was that her last place of refuge? I hope she stayed there for a long time.
1: It wasn't. No, Uh, she was with us for a few years um, and uh, moved on in the system based on their evaluations of her. They would say she has this ability and that ability and those things would shift all the time. And so both those experiences with Aaron and Jamie really got me skeptical of this notion that a school could say, hey, this this kid's got it and this kid doesn't have it because I just saw yeah. so many cases and those things were mistaken.
0: Absolutely. So tell me now about Equal Opportunity Schools, your nonprofit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I had the experiences as a teacher good, and they you. reminded me of Jamie and things like this. And I, <laughs> I started uh, get promoted as an administrator and said, hey, you know, I think there's a lot of kids who are missing from our AP and IB programs. I think it runs along the lines of race. I think it runs along lines of class and we set out um, in my school in South Carolina to close those gaps and really recruit all the missing students. Um, We doubled the size of the AP and IB programs in a single year, tripled the number of black students who were participating, and the big thing that everybody worried about was oh, the score is going to go down. You're going to bring in these oh, so-called missing students, but they're not going to be up to snuff. And the scores actually went up by 20% on the rigorous AP and IP test. So that was the motivation to go off and say, well, if we could do this in, in one school in South Carolina, why not everywhere?
0: Yep. And that was Battery Creek High School. Where is that? What town? What, town?
1: what part That's of in South B- Carolina? Beaufort, South oh, Carolina. I know Beaufort yeah.
0: well, for goodness sakes. All right.
1: Yeah, it's actually the same county where Pat Conroy taught and wrote um, his, you one you of his first the books, The Water is, is Wide.
0: You just, in fact, when <laughs> yeah. I was down there, I bought a couple of his books, one of which, The Water is Wide, which you're familiar with, which you see in the movie Conrack. Okay, and it was exactly. an autographed copy. We still have it. I've read all his stuff. That's Buford oh, wow. Beaufort, South Carolina, as opposed to yes. Buford, North Carolina, if I remember it correctly. Exactly, okay? just, you got yeah. it. <laughs> It's, yep. a, it's a funny then, little quirk. Another argument. Another argument between the Carolinas. <laughs> the other one is <laughs> is how, who makes the best barbecue. Okay, we'll go. For, we'll yes. let them argue it out. Okay, it's that Simpsonet. Yes. <laughs>
1: that's funny. And so then, now you're and
0: in then, go, go ahead, please go. Yeah,
1: yeah and then the, the metaphor of the the water is wide from Conroy um, became the, following his book. They really had pushed through school integration and other things. And what I found was that it wasn't the water uh, dividing Beaufort County any longer by race. It was the hallway. And so Uh, on one side of the hallway, you had kids, uh, you know, I could walk by a classroom and see a 12th grade English class playing an all class game of hangman. And the teacher said, who wants to guess the next letter? And half the kids are asleep. And on the other side, they're studying Thoreau and epistemology (laughs) and doing all this great work. And I'm saying, What's going on here? Why can't we bring folks together? Why can't we recognize the talent across those lines? And that's what we did there. And then that became the the core mission and work of Equal Opportunity School.
0: And that is so important. I just want to say something. You you used the word a few minutes ago. If you give kids a rigorous curriculum, most of them will rise up and shine to it. Okay, And there is a certain bias OK, that we do not. And I hope this is changing. I don't have any research on it, but just, you know, we tend or we have tended not to give the African-American kids and some other kids of color. OK, the rigorous curriculum. We just assume they can't do it. And what you've done, uh, you have done it, 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 it. It's That's not accurate. OK, it's totally Absolutely. inaccurate. Kids will always rise, r- rise to a rigorous curriculum. They want to be challenged. And the reason they were asleep it's because hangman is boring, okay? Exactly, yep, Yeah. yep, it's, it's, it's and that's the, the,
1: that's the Jaime Escalante inspiration as well. I got to have dinner come. with him before he passed away. He had the, exact, oh, wow. yeah, students will rise to the level of expectations was the notion, and so what we found is you, this is a kind of a, a stunner because we've done this work now. I even lost track. It might be up to 40 states now that Equal Opportunity Schools works with schools and districts, really focused on closing those gaps in access to advanced courses. But in the process, survey millions of kids, tens of thousands of educators, and it's exactly to your point, if you look at uh, primarily black and Latino students who are not in AP or IB, I think the story says, you know, the, the rumors and the innuendo says, Oh, well, they couldn't handle it. They're they having trouble yeah. with this idea yeah. of achievement gap to begin with. We've yeah. got 85% of the black and Latino students outside of advanced courses say they're not being challenged by their classes.
0: Of course not. Okay. You don't yeah. need research. Just call me. I'll tell you. If the stuff that's told <laughs> to me is research, I usually, and not just me, usually everybody knows it. Okay. It's that simple, yeah. you know, and if yeah. uh, we just don't do it, you know, it's anecdotal. So, you know, whatever the case may be. All this said, you're now in Washington state. Okay. And I just want to get into this for a minute. Again, your book is The Kid Across the Hall. All right. You've got a a wonderful thing, which I assume is national equal opportunity schools. Am I correct? Okay, yes. and now you're running, and uh, you know we can get political if you want to, but I, I don't think you're running for political reasons. To be the Washington State, not South Carolina, the Washington State superintendent. How would you wind up in Washington, and and what prompted this? This is congratulations. I mean, it's, it's you got to be brave to put yourself out there, man. Okay, and oh, and, and thank run you. For, run for office. So that's I, mean, I say that to everybody. It is not an easy yes. thing to do, and most people are too shy to do it. So, congrats on that. Okay, so what what's going on with that? Tell me about this. Yeah, thank what, you. Yeah, what, what, absolutely. What's your platform, which I have a feeling I know what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm originally from Washington State, uh, four <laughs> generations of educators in Washington State and my family, um, and yeah, I just watching the system here and seeing all that we could be doing but we're not doing uh, was really difficult for me, And so. This plays out along lines of race gaps, income gaps, um, but you see our student learning is continuing to actually decline over these last mm, eight everywhere. years
0: yeah. relative yeah. to other
1: yeah. states, though, too. So we fallen yeah. out of the top half, but we have one of the fastest growing economies multiple years running. So I'm thinking, good, hey, sure. we have resources coming in. We have all sorts of new know-how about equity and solving these challenges. But we're sliding in student learning, and then most recently, I focused a lot on student mental health as well. And there's huge mm, well, gaps there. Huge. Um, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. there's the thing that gets me excited is when you see a gap plus a solution that you know works. So that was what Equal Opportunity Schools was all about. You got these these gaps. So you have these challenges. All these things stemming from kids not being uh, not being uh, given. Rigorous academic opportunities, and so you can, yeah, you can start simple. put those opportunities in place. So, I think we can do that with student mental health. Um, I think we can do that with academic learning, um, tutoring, and support for kids. And then the thing that I think you know, some states have started to really figure out, but is not in place here is where do kids go after after high school? Do they have a really solid set of connections to higher education opportunities, to careers should they so choose, um, and really open the doors to to people's uh, future of their choosing? So really focused on those things here.
0: Yeah, we we, we really have to be, and I'll tell you, there's another another side to this. We have a serious, and you certainly know this, teacher retention challenge right now. A, there's not enough people in the pipeline becoming teachers, and B, especially post-pandemic and during the pandemic, it's really rough, and now uh, you know, with all the politicalization of school boards, et cetera, it's really tough to be a teacher right now. Teachers have good hearts uh, for the most part and all that sort of thing, but they're leaving. They're leaving, or they're yep. thinking about leaving and retiring as soon as they can. And there's an interesting side to this, and it ties in exactly with what you're saying. Is You know, teachers love to teach, and what they really yes. love is when kids are learning. It's not – you know, if there's no – I always say if there's no learning, there's no teaching, okay? But, yes if kids are learning and excited teachers are happy all right and to be quite honest if you could apply rigorous standards to every kid that you that is possible to do it with okay if you could do that teachers would be much more much happier they'd be much happier yeah. in their job it, it's it's a vicious cycle if i may of happiness okay but we got to get yeah. that going and you know there's too much preconceived notion too much bias going on you know when we plan these things, and and it, and it has to start. This is actually an interesting question. Well, you know, we always talk you're talking about advanced placement, but and I'm not sure. I don't even I don't even know. Maybe you know when does in- advanced placement start? I don't actually know the answer to that. Is it middle it's school a, or is it high school? Help me. I don't even know. Uh,
1: yeah, so it's it's it <laughs> never in it. high school. They they've built some earlier programs mostly in high school. I thought you were asking chronologically, and the and the fascinating part of the story is these programs that sprang up around the time of uh, school desegregation. And so there's an wow. interesting wow. and complex yeah. history there. Wow. Of, yeah. Like yeah. we were talking about earlier, going from the, the my water is wide to the hallway is wide. What a
0: surprise. What would possibly yeah. be the correlation? Oh, I can't think of it. You know, it's
1: yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, and the teacher, the teacher point you're making, I think it's <laughs> absolutely true. We have teachers, you know, <laughs> Raising their hands and saying, I want to do the more rigorous uh, teaching. I want to do the more rigorous courses. Connect me up with the training for those opportunities. Let me do more of those classes. And, and I'm going uh, so what's, back what's, and, what's, and we'll well, Which in...
0: brings up the question, why isn't that happening? You must have researched this. You you know the answer to this. Why isn't that happening? What's going on? Why aren't more teachers a... <laughs> teaching more
1: advanced classes, you think?
0: Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, obviously think. they're not being allowed to teach that. Okay, something's going yes. on. There's something perking somewhere.
1: Yeah. What is yeah, it? we talk about it as a cycle of low expectations, and so yeah, there's this man. big conversation about what kids could or couldn't do, and then when you have limited capacity to figure out, you know, what class to assign kids to, you, you may make the wrong determination as a counselor or a teacher or habit or like Jamie, the family hadn't had experience with it, whatever <laughs> the the reasons, and then it, this this rumor persists that kids couldn't do it, um, and we've just shown again and again all across the country, that when you close those gaps, the quality of the program maintains or increases um, in terms of the results that kids are getting so, in there. So it's starting to happen much more broadly, but a ways to go.
0: Is, is it just uh, – let me ask the question again. Is it just bias? Is that all that's holding it back, or is there something else perking out there? Is it just yeah, bias? Yeah, that's a great
1: question. It depends on the school. So we go in and we we do really deep look. So in some cases, um, the, absolutely, that's a factor. In other cases, it's uh, it's simply more of an informational uh, situation where people know less about these programs uh, across lines of race and income. Um, but but yeah, absolutely, it has to do with expectations and how people are approaching those. So what we see when when you close those gaps is then you start to celebrate. You say, yeah. hey, look, kids of every background are succeeding at the highest levels, and people get really excited. I think. Often people of get they do. frustrated and challenged by the achievement gap, and they say there's nothing we can do. And we say, well, let's change the opportunity gap underneath it, and we'll see what happens. And then you get <laughs> great results. And they said, yeah. let's keep going. Where else can we apply equity?
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's really something. It's really something. And how does equal opportunity schools? But you work nationally with uh, all over the country. The school district called. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, more than a thousand school and district leaders by the time I stepped down as CEO a few years ago had hired us said come help us in our school district um in uh, over well over 30 states and we go in and we work with them and they we they commit they want to close this gap and we're their partner in getting that done
0: and are are those schools demographically more uh kids of color than than not
1: i think overall the the, the set of schools that eos works with is yes that's correct
0: yeah i mean you, you've got to check this out everybody it's and I'll, I'll I'll link it its eo right eo yes okay Correct. and that's real yep. I don't have that linked right now but I will have it by this show, by the time this the show is uh, put up there okay eo yep. and th- this is keen you've worked all over the country okay so now what are you going to do with the uh, when's the election what are you going to do with uh, the it's, when you become when you become the state superintendent
1: yeah yes the election is November 2024 and we're working oh, up wow, towards you're that away. day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. getting ready ahead of time. This fall i will be teaching a few <laughs> classes at the public high school here. We'll be doing the campaign. Yeah, um, where and, are you? And, by by way. Way.
0: Where are you? Are you in Seattle? Yeah,
1: I'm I'm in uh, Renton just south of Seattle, oh, yeah. Sure. And uh as well, yep. Yes. And your point about, um, you know, teachers and what they're experiencing, I'm, you know, I'll be back in that this fall and making sure I understand that firsthand and exactly what's going on since it's been a few years for me. But I think the, I think the biggest challenge with teachers these days is we're, we're asking them to do everything. We're asking yeah, right. them to deal with the mental health crisis. We're asking them to make sure that students are catching up who may be behind in reading and math and other things like this. And it's it's too much to take Rooms full of kids and just you know solve every problem. In in our state of Washington, it's one in ten adolescents are reporting that they've attempted suicide in the last year. And it's this surprising, is surprising, unfortunately. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and it's and so what we need, in my opinion, and what I would do is, I'm we're going to play so that everybody has access to mental health care, so that everybody has access to tutoring and support. And so that we're making the best use of resources to connect kids with opportunities post-secondary. And I think to your point about, you know, the the challenges teachers face, they're facing them on their own largely. And we're expecting them to sort of fix everything that's going on without really systems around them. And I think, you know, an example, our state got $3 billion in the pandemic relief money for schools. And there was no strategy around how to use those resources. Those are once-in-a-generation resources wow. where we found that ten, 10% of those resources could close the teacher diversity gap. And that's another one where you say, hey, we have missing students in these and IB classes. We have missing teachers of color. And that's also something that came out of oh. the Brown v. Board and the response and the way that schools – treated that in the way that they well, treated absolutely. staff. Well, absolutely.
0: It killed so. off the... Uh, no, it no, uh, killed off is the wrong word. It, you know, it there were so many African-American educators in... Uh, it, it, it's just a unforeseen circumstance. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong yep. here. There were so many African-American educators in African-American schools, okay, during the segregation period. But when yep. the schools were desegregated, those, a lot of those black educators went away. Okay? That's right. And they That's couldn't right. find a place to work, and it, it just everything, And I always say, you know, I, I went to school in Philadelphia and I went to Overbrook High School and our teachers, I don't know what the percentage was, but I had a lot of African-American teachers and I, I got, I always tell people this, okay, we never thought of them as African-American teachers. They were just our teachers, just like every yeah. other teacher. And it, it, I mean, that when I tell you something like that never, ever was mentioned or came up or anything. And I don't know what wow. happened over the, over the over the. I just always remember that. Okay, some of my favorite, in fact, probably all of my favorite teachers. Okay, were the were the. I could tell you who, Mr. Barrack, Mr. Pierce. I can go right down the whole list. Okay, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's just a, it's a long time ago, by the way. Okay, a long time ago. But uh, you know, it's amazing, and I don't know whatever happened to that. Okay, and it, it, you know, we need. We, we need more. And I want to ask you something, Reed, as we kind of wind down here. You know, you're talking about all the needs of the schools, but how would you get those people? You know, it's so hard to find school psychologists. Your mom is a school counselor. There's a tremendous gap in them. Okay. Where would you find all the people? How would you get, get all the people to help? All the people, yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I think the models I've followed involves recruitment, and there's recruitment done in every sector of the economy, you know, up to private business, military, otherwise. You put in resources to tell people the opportunity that you have. I think you have to. uh, We've done a lot on teacher pay in our state, one of the the top paying uh, states for teachers. But I think you have to solve these problems to make it a sustainable career, like I was saying, around mental health, tutoring, and connecting kids with opportunities afterwards so the teacher doesn't take everything on. Um, But the the teacher diversity and the recruitment piece you're talking about, it's a a part of the book in there. We actually went through all the research on almost any major initiative you can undertake in K-12 to try to help student learning. And we organized it by the size of the impact that you could have on student learning per dollar. And the reason we did this is because we had (laughs) all of these ESSER dollars coming in and people saying, what could we do with them? And near the top of the list, teacher diversity is a huge one in our state. So it's nearly ninety percent uh, white educators and majority students of color, and it's it's an opportunity where that's what you, you talk to community, you do surveys, and you ask what community wants to have. They want to address teacher diversity. The research puts it near the top of our list of impact per dollar, and ten percent of the extra dollars could have solved that with thoughtful recruiting um, and you know fellowships and cohorts of of educators of color coming in and being supported into the profession but there was no strategy to sort of figure out where do you put those resources in a really effective way.
0: You know, it's, it's just so important what you're thinking of. I have one last question, which you've got about two minutes for, okay? When kids, when kids of color, any color who have not had the opportunity are suddenly invited into advanced placement, okay, which is what we started talking about 15, 20 minutes ago. All right. Yep. <laughs> How do we stop them from feeling very alienated in that type of situation? Suddenly, we're going to hit them with a good, rigorous curriculum, which they may not be used to. Now, I know they will rise up, but how do we make sure the kids are okay? Because, again, you don't want kids to be frustrated
1: in this day and age when they've got enough mental health problems. Yeah, that's a great question. I I think one of the biggest parts and the biggest insights from all of our work across the country is that you don't close these gaps incrementally. And so historically, what's happened is a student or two gets involved. They feel like they're crossing over the hallway all on their own and they get in the environment. And I've heard this directly from students. They say, Hey, you know, I had to overcome my own doubts. I had to overcome my counselor's doubts. And then I get in there and there's no one who looks like me. And and I feel this, you know, amazing pressure. So what we found is, Get the gap fully closed, focus on that in the course of a year, um, create equitable access, and then you start to get a culture shift in the classroom, you start to get teachers paying attention um, in a new way to this issue, and then you can really focus on some of these belonging-rich practices on the part of teachers and things like that. Make sure that you're addressing that part of the equation.
0: It's 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 so good, Reed. I'm gonna go. I'll tell you. Thank you for being here, and I wish you again. And I want you to keep us in mind. You know, I know you got a long way to go till the election in 2024. But as you get closer and write other things, etc., think of us. We'd love to have you back on here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, and we're at we're at Reed for Wa R E I D the number four W A dot com, and really appreciate the time, Larry. This is a great conversation and great work. It
0: was a great conversation, and you're welcome here anytime. So just keep us in mind for all this, and use it as you you know when you're ready to really get into the campaign when it really happens. Stay in touch; it's fun.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Larry. Thank you, Reed. Have a good
0: day. You got the whole day ahead of you now. It's only seven twenty-six. Okay, so have a great time.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: <Okay>. you. <laughs> go bye. back to sleep. Finish the coffee. Go back to sleep. Okay, I'll talk to you. Thank <laughs> you very much, Reed. Bye, <laughs> bye, <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> what a good guy! I got to tell you. So this is a guy who started Equal Opportunity Schools. How good is this? Okay, eoschools.org. Org. Okay, he's running for, uh, in the running for uh, state uh, superintendent in Washington when the election comes up next year, and he's got a book, I got that uh, linked here, called the, uh, the Kid Across the Hall. Reed Sarris is this gentleman's name, and he's really something. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org and see everything we do about equity over there. It's all free for educators, and thanks so much for listening. My name's Larry Jacobs.